Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Happy spring. Welcome to our spring break weekend number two edition of Tech Talk. We are live on Saturday morning, March 25th in the sunshine. Sunday afternoon, the 26th, whatever the weather is then, will be a rebroadcast. And we'll have a podcast for you to pick up whatever portions of the show, perhaps all of it, that you want to fit into your schedule. We this weekend is myself, Alan Perry. And Ron Fraser, retired tech manager from London Drugs and tech enthusiast. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And good to have spring. It's here. I can <laughs> I can see it right out the window. It's actually coming in. We're getting some sunlight here. And you can actually feel the, the yes. sun. And the cherry blossoms are finally out in most parts of the world. Beautiful. Awesome. We have lots of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, it's been a it's been a crazy week for technology. One of the podcasts that I follow on on YouTube, he normally does them twice a week. He said he ended up having to do it every week, uh, every day this week because you just hit upload and something big would happen. I like as with all new technology, how quickly it moves. Yeah, behind the scenes, making this all make sense. A new voice. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Marissa. Welcome. Glad to have you here while Brian is still being daddy. Brian will be back next weekend with Kyle because I'll be in Hawaii. Tell us a bit about yourself. People actually would know your work if they <laughs> listen during the weekday. Uh, well, yes, you don't get to hear my voice, but I do operate uh, Adam Sterling's show in the morning. If you call in, you'll hear me answer the phone. Uh, and this week I've been covering for Josh, reading the traffic and weather. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Glad to have you along. Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, I Well, I work here, obviously, in the morning, and then in the afternoons, I go home and I paint uh, pictures on black velvet and make fun retro things, and I'm also part of a local performing theater group called the Cheesecake Burlesque Review. Wow. I'm trying to imagine painting on velvet because of the, the hairs, whatever you call the, the, <laughs> the texture. The nap of the, yeah, the, the media, nap. yeah. That must be yeah. a challenge. You definitely have to sort of relearn uh, painting, definitely. It's a lot different than on, uh, on canvas and other surfaces, for sure. Do you sell these? I do, yes. Um, my uh, website is called velvetvibesart at squarespace.com. Okay, I'll add that in. You'll find if you go to the show notes, by the way, the show notes may take a few extra seconds to load this week. There's uh, some crazy pictures in here because of the new things we're going to talk about. You will find Marissa's uh, headshot there, right below Ron's. Show notes dot ca s-h-o-w-n-o-t-e-s dot ca that has to be typed into the address bar forgive me for those of you that have been going there regularly <laughs> you bookmarked it because it redirects you to the live notes which are coming off onedrive.live.com but yeah we'll add that we'll add that website in there so people can go check it out oh well thank you awesome. I, I really appreciate that yeah glad to have you along okay where do we begin ron uh, at the beginning is usually a good spot. So, a couple of weeks ago, we told you about Microsoft's groundbreaking image creator program, which was coming soon, and it was in test. This week, without any warning, they went, ta-da! It's free, and it's out there. It lets you use artificial intelligence to quickly create high-quality images, paintings, logos, sketches, cartoons, watercolors, anime, and more, of things which may or may not actually exist. And you do this, Ron, by just typing in words to describe what you want. It's insane. Uh, the <laughs> few that I've seen already are just mind-boggling. It's only limited by your imagination at this point. That's a really good way to put it. Because, yep. yeah, I've shown it to a few people and I've said just... And they go, I don't know where to begin. And I say, okay, so give me an animal. 
And the thing about it is, uh, I, you'll see, if you look at the show notes, item number 10, Marissa, you being an artist, you'll see, I just arbitrarily created, I said, create a tight shot of three zebras munching on rainbow-colored tulips. And then... And if you want to blow it up, if you're looking on your phone or on a tablet or on a website, blow up that image. It's pretty crazy quality. Create an image of a fox wearing a hat, riding a skateboard on a beach, I did with a lady. And she went, no. And I went, yeah. And it actually gives you four of each, and you pick the one. Well, you can download all four, but, you, you know, you pick the one you want. And then you can fine-tune it. And also I did a macro shot of a bumblebee gathering pollen from the stamen of a tulip. I did those in a matter of, I think it's about 10 seconds to create. Can you choose the resolution? Not currently. Okay. Stay tuned. Uh-huh. That's coming. <laughs> right now it's a square shot. Right, right. You can't change, but it's uh, it's 1024 by 1024, so it's pretty decent quality, yep. way beyond what you'd want for social media or anything. Well, and to assemble it quickly, they probably have to limit it at this point a little bit, but uh, yeah, they still look fantastic. You can try Bing Image Creator yourself. It's free, bing.ca slash create. That's in the show notes, item number 10. You just click on join and create. You will have to have a Microsoft account, so if you're on a Mac, you may not have one yet. If you use Outlook or Hotmail or OneDrive or Skype, you already have whatever email address you use for that is your Microsoft account. Mm -hmm. On Windows, you're probably already there. Uh, and then, then bookmark the page so you can do more later. It currently lets you quickly create up to 10 images a day so they don't overload their servers. Addif additional images you create the same day will take longer to create. And you can download them. And the key thing in, Marissa, you being an artist, this is, I guess, you might have both halves of this, because as an artist, there, there's no copyright here because it's not stealing somebody's works and modifying it. It's actually creating it. You know, this. I know a lot of artists are sort of for unsure about this technology, and but for me, it would be really helpful as a reference photo. If I have an idea in my head and and I need something to sort of reference, I could just type that in and and have that reference photo right there for me. And I got to say, I really did. Did you request it have the fox to have a little fedora on its head, or yeah, did it? I I just said create a. I just said um, wearing a hat. I didn't specify a fedora. Okay. But no, but that's the point. You could have said a top hat, a right. fedora, baseball, a green baseball hat turned to the left. You can say as little or as much as you want. There's often times where I have to um, cut and copy and paste tons of pictures from the internet just to get the little bits of reference that I need for a photo. So, I mean, this would be helpful for me yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we'll keep you busy here on the show. But if you want, while we're, while we're on the show, if you want to try it out, just click on that link and go to... Because you're an artist, you're way more talented than we are. Bing.ca slash create. And I guess that's the key thing for people like myself, Ron, who are not... Uh, like, I couldn't paint with a paintbrush if my life depended on it. Stick figures are even a limitation. Same for me. Same for me. And Marissa makes a good point in that saying it produces quickly some elements that she uses in her work. Yeah, you could then print out a picture it yep. creates. Maybe on the seventh try, you'll get really close to what you want. You could then paste that up, and then you could then paint on the, the velvet using that as your inspiration. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely i am going to... I'm going to start using it for sure because yeah. <laughs> sometimes I have ideas in my head that I, I'm just really n not sure how to get onto the to the velvet. So this will definitely help me because I, I mean I am kind of a, a new artist, like self-taught during yeah. COVID. Um, so I'm still learning lots of new things, but this will definitely I think that'll help me a lot. Well, I think as a, as an artist too, anyone that's an artist, you have a unique style. 
no matter what you tell this to create, it's not going to be the exact style that mm -hmm. that person creates. So I think there'll always be demand for them. Yes. Some people may feel threatened by it, but I, I don't think so. Not at this point. Because, you know, people that collect art or like to purchase art are always going to want something done by a specific person, not yeah. an entity. That's something quite different, I think. On the other hand, Marissa, if you really like Picasso, you or whatever artist that's known, I, I wonder if you could do Emily Carr. You could say, mm. create blah, 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 the fox on a skateboard at sunset in the style of Picasso or Rembrandt, and it will actually generate one of those. Now, the next step is taking something that does partially exist and adding it into the mix. So you can take a picture, because, Ron, you take amazing photos, and we'll talk about that. That's one of the key reasons we got it here. We're going to skip forward a whole new chapter. So that was just this week, in the beginning of the week, and then later in the week, lo and behold, Mid-Journey V5. So if you want to quickly create pro-quality images in a wide variety of formats and sizes, Ron, you were talking about the resolution yeah. right now, try the free and insanely powerful Mid-Journey V5 AI engine. So I put one of the, this is in the videos in the show notes. For those of you that are new to the show notes, because I've met some new people that have just found us, down at the very bottom, we waste your time. We call it time well wasted by homework videos here. So graphic artists are already using the new AI engines. We're going to do video number 41 here, Marissa. Graphic artists already using the new AI engines to create and modify in minutes precise pro-quality images, which used to take days to create. Video number 41 shows the huge leap forward that happened this past week when Chris, who runs the All About AI YouTube channel, used GPT-4 to generate detailed instructions for the new Midjourney V5 image creation engine. You need to see it, but you'll, I think you'll tell from his voice. Here's a clip when he saw the finished result a few seconds later for the first time. Intensity in the eyes and look at the details. Oh my God, look at this. I'm kind of scared looking at it. Damn, that's impressive. I'm kind of speechless right now. So the image he created, yeah, what he did was he used the, the, the chat GPT engine, Ron, mm -hmm. to teach it how to, to teach MidJourney what the prompts are on how you can do it. I'm just going to read you a short version. In the show notes above the picture, you will see the actual prompts that chat GPT generated in seconds, which it then created this image. A powerful and vividly realistic portrait of a screaming fierce female Viking warrior, mid-battle cry, her face contorted with raw emotion and determination as she fearlessly leads her comrades into battle. He didn't write this. Chat GPT wrote it. The intensity in her eyes and the intricate details of her weathered face adorned with traditional Norse tattoos are captured by dramatic natural lighting which casts bold shadows and highlights her powerful features and the expert craftsmanship of her armor and weapons. It goes on for three more paragraphs. Chat GPT created that and then he said, okay, now mid-journey you make that. Look at that. Do you want to try painting that one, Marissa? I mean, you got to see this picture and uh, wow. I would not know that that wasn't real and somebody hadn't been in makeup. It's, I mean, yeah, like it's very realistic. It looks, yeah, just like a person yeah. is right there. Definitely, they yeah. took a photo. He does the same thing with food and with a bunch of other things that are literally impossible for you and me to create. So go and watch that. The video itself is down in the show notes. Much more there. And so there we go. If you like what Midjourney can do, you can try it for free and then subscriptions start at $10 a month 
U.S. This just blows everything open for graphic artists or would-be graphic artists. We'd love to have you take part in the show while we're live on Saturdays and on the phone line. You'll be up first, but for the rest of you, star 1070 on a mobile phone, 107010 by text, 250-386-1161 on a home phone, or emails to techtalk, T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at cfax1070.com. When we come back, we'll obviously take your calls and much more, and we also have some news here about Rogers and Shaw and international roaming rates. Twenty after the hour on Tech Talk on CFAX. Glad to have you along. The newsroom just passed on a sad note. Intel co-founder Gordon Moore has died at the age of 94, Ron. Do you remember him? I remember the name, yes. I met him once at CES uh, many, 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 many years ago. He's best known for Moore's Law. It was 1965, suggested that the number of transistors you could put on an integrated circuit would double every year. Oh, Joel just texted that in as well. Thanks for letting me know that. That's a huge loss. A really, really neat statement here from the current CEO of Intel, Pat Gelsinger. We at Intel remain inspired by Moore's Law and intend to pursue it until the periodic table is exhausted. <laughs> he actually had to revise it because he said it would double every year. Yep. In 1975, he revised it and said every two years because they'd got to the millions and then into the billions. But it's still up to the chips when you look at those chips that are there. To the phone lines, to the Batmobile. Anne is up first. Hi, Anne. Hi, how are you? Excellent. How are you? Good. Um, have a rather strange and disappointing experience with a travel SIM card. Yeah. And um, my husband was in France last week, and um, and I wasn't going to be able to be there. So, uh-huh. uh, and he, you know, he, we both have iPhones. Yeah. So um, we. What, I, what can I ask? Which iPhone model do you have? Uh, he has. 11, and I have 14 Pro. Awesome. Okay. Because that is key when it comes to travel sims. That's why I ask. Yeah, so what happened? Well, so here's the thing. So I said what you you should do is use an eSIM because, you know, his phone is eSIM capable and blah, blah, blah. Well, he's he's sort of uh, the quintessential Luddite, and he can't make a move without me being there because he's almost afraid of the phone. But anyway, uh, so I said... Uh, we read your instructions on eSIM and how to set it up and everything, and it was just too much for him. Okay. To to do, you know, like he to get there and do all those things yep. and have and whatever. So I said, well, okay. So I think we we collectively decided that he would buy a physical SIM in France, and you know, travel SIM or whatever, because Orange, uh, the biggest one, one of the biggest ones, have that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Have those. Yeah. So we checked out the prices online and everything was, oh, yeah, that's great. So Because he was only going to be there for about 10 days. So uh, he he got off uh, in Charles de Gaulle, and his, his uh, destination was in Loire Valley. So he bypassed Paris altogether, you know, because he was just a bit concerned about yep. what's going on there. And um, he checked into a hotel and got uh, went to a shopping center uh, that where he was told he could buy these SIM cards. He went to four places, three, maybe four, three for sure, including Orange. 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 And, oui. Orange. <laughs> and they said um, they, they didn't have any short-term plans. Now, this is his words, not mine. I wasn't there. Yeah. And he said um, they said that he had to buy a contract 
for sixty for six months or something. No. No, exactly, right? Well, exactly. see, they make their money. They and so he's probably not actually going to an orange uh store. He's going to an orange dealer and you know, they're on contract. Uh, and so they make their money off selling the plans. They don't make anything off giving you uh, a, a SIM card or an eSIM, Ron. That, that's, that's the problem. And that's why the eSIMs are... I, I understand he's, you know, he's in your words, he's a lot here, Ann, but it's really not that hard. In fact, Ron, you've got an email there because we've been asking people to, to give us feedback uh, on, on this. Where did I find? we got a whole bunch of emails that were coming in here. Uh, Somebody who was just trying this. Yeah. Oh, where is this? Sorry. I'll find it. Uh, Anyway, he was a fellow that went to uh, Las Vegas. Oh, Verizon. Yeah. 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 You want to read this? Yeah. Hi, Alan. Thanks for the trip to try Verizon free trial. Currently in Vegas, fairly simple to set up. Only glitch is I don't know why two people can't message me and I can't message them. They don't have iPhones. Is there something they need to do uh, as uh, or me as I have conversation with lots of other people? Yeah, all you have to do is on the iPhone, and, and this is sort of a little off the thing, but what you do is you have to go into the settings for cellular, and you have to tell it that the cellular data must come from the Verizon account, not the Canadian account. In his case, and all he would have had to do, um, and he could have even done this with you before he left, so I know this is hindsight, but you simply just um, get the Arlo eSIM, and you um, take a screenshot of the barcode, you could print it out for him here, and when he got off the plane in Charles de Gaulle, he would simply open up the, uh, the app and say, add eSIM, he'd point it at the barcode, and, 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 it would just, and it would just work. So that's the problem. We're rapidly making this change away from physical SIMs to eSIMs. So yeah, and we we realized that as well. But it seemed that even to do that, there were additional things he would have had to do when he got there. But anyway, he he was he just wasn't. What did he end up doing? Well, so um, we both have iPhones. So he 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 emailed me uh, uh, about about something that he was trying to log on to something over there, which required two step verification. Yes, there's the problem. Yes, it yes. needs a so, code texted to him. And he could get it by turning on his roaming feature, but then he'd get dinged for $16 a day. Yeah. Well, what happened was uh, we, he had his iPad with him as well. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's, you know, can you look, you know, can you get my uh, passcode and whatever, whatever, yep. whatever. So I said, and he knows all your passcodes because we took your, you know, and, and those I are... I remember, valuable. yes. Oh, yeah. Invaluable, by the way. Oh, thank anyway. you. Aww. Yeah. G- crazy good. So anyway, he, um, uh, I, so I said uh, he said that you know send it by text, and I guess he could have added his his um, email. Yeah, because then you can text Apple to Apple. You can always do that on Wi-Fi. That's one of the key things. Yeah. So anyway, what I said was uh, later on, and I said, "Do you know you can? <laughs> do you know you can get your messages on your iPad?" And I told him this many times and he says why would i want messages on my ipad <laughs> so anyway uh so when we facetime the next time i or maybe i, I emailed him it doesn't yeah. matter i said check your messages on your ipad you probably have that two-step verification on there and he did yes hallelujah so, you know, yeah so i'm anyway, sorry then- it's stressful it's really tough and this as i say just in the last month 
so many things wrong have changed dramatically with these open AI engines and all this stuff. I mean, it's like we went on steroids this past month on tech progress, so oh. it's really tough. But this is all happening. We're switching to eSIMs. Yeah, it's a good thing this is a weekly show. Let's say it that way. <laughs> yeah, not monthly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to put some updated notes in there. There's one in there now. Um, if anybody is going traveling, like like Anne's husband, if you go to the Tech Talk show notes, go to the Travel Tech Tips, and you will see that I that in addition to the things about eSIM, which I understand don't work for some of you, and also on older phones that don't do this, but if you if you scroll down, I've put another one in there. Yeah, you can play the theme. That's my reminder. I know. <laughs> That's Marissa. She's a little conscience on my shoulder. I've put a I've put a handout in there on how you can um, use the Apple service to keep connected if you don't choose to do a SIM or an eSIM. So that will be in there as well. But you will find the new options for the U.S. as well. There we go. Okay, quick break for the news from Steve and back with more. Grant, Don, and Christopher, you'll be up next. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we roll on for spring break weekend number two of 2023, Ron Fraser's in studio with me, Sydney Tech Enthusiast. He's my neighbor. He's on the other side of the highway. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> and you Marissa, found your way around Sydney yet? Getting there. Yeah. Marissa Meekins is producing. Brian will be back producing. Well, he actually, he'll be co-hosting next weekend with Kyle Wilson. Thanks, guys, because I will be in Hawaii. In fact, I'm leaving literally after the show. In fact to not de-stress my wife or to de-stress my <laughs> wife. Ron, you're going to take the last few minutes of the show just because i got to be on the 1 o'clock ferry. You bet. We're going to have a call-in talent show for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm not going different. to and I'm not going to speak. My, my wife and brother-in-law are picking me up. We'll put us on the ferry at 1 o'clock. So we'll be good. So we'll check in with you, send you some torture, some pictures of warm sunshine from Hawaii or something like that. Great. Uh, hi to Bernie and family in Copenhagen. Bernie's from here in Victoria. He went over to Denmark. He was going to try the Aerolo app to stay connected because he got lots of friends and everything here in Victoria. But we actually said he wanted to be able to make phone calls to his daughter and son-in-law that live in Copenhagen with their new baby right. and some other people there. So I said, well, let's look around. <laughs> Leica Mobile, which is like a TELUS in there. You get 100 gigabytes of data. You get unlimited calls to Denmark, Europe, USA, and Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Ten hours of calling around the world to countries not on that list. 69 Danish kroner. Hey Siri, convert 69 Danish kroner into Canadian dollars. Sure 69 saying. Danish kroner is $13.69. <laughs> God. So Bernie's very happy. So there you go. Isn't that crazy? Why do we pay so much here? <laughs> Speaking of which, happy to report, well, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere, but I'm an optimist about this. If you look in the Tech Talk show notes, item number 17, Federal Innovation Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne has asked Canada's communications regulator, the CRTC, to examine recent price hikes on international roaming plans. Most carriers now charge up to $13 a day for USA roaming, $16 a day for international roaming, which the CRTC says are among the highest roaming rates in the world. To his credit, the head of the CRT says they will try to change that. Stay tuned. Mm. So we'll see. 
Okay, back to the phone lines and and press the right button, Alan. Hi, Don. Thanks for waiting. Welcome to the program. Hey, Alan. It's Don and hi, uh, hi Ron. Hi. Um, another travel question for you today. Yes. Um, so, as you know, I went to Vegas and I used the Verizon, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, there's so much data. It was so fast. And, uh, you know, going into the, the settings and changing on the uh, the primary phone number. Yep. Uh, but that's only once a year. So Oh, can, can I get you to back uh, up? Can I get you to back up just for a sec and walk through so people will feel comfortable doing this? Because Anne, who is listening, and her husband, I know this is uncomfortable because it's a new era. So what did you do to use the Verizon test drive? And I'll tell people in a minute where it is in the show notes. It's um, You have to be in the U.S. to um, activate it. Yeah. Uh, so once you cross the border, I had downloaded the app. I had got, clicked on the link for the test drive, and it just gave me a number. It put it in the settings under cellular. I, then I just changed it to the um, the primary. Yeah, one. you made that your primary number and changed your data over. That's it. Okay, so seriously, it, it, it is that simple. Now, Suzanne is doesn't know this yet. Suzanne is going to try that when we go to Hawaii in a few hours. So we will do the same process, and I'll check in next weekend by some method and let you know. If you want to try that, as Don says, that's only a once thing. You can only use the Verizon one once every 12 months. So, Don, if you want to use it again in 2024, it would have to be April or later. Right, right. I mean, I was trying to convince my sister. She was going to pay $11 a day with TELUS. I mean, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It is so amazing. So there's also T-Mobile, their competitor. They have a similar plan. Theirs is a one-time offer, period, end of line. So the other, so, yeah, but... That's for three months, so I'm I'm going back down there. Yes. Uh, So I wanted to hold off on, you know, I'm going for three weeks. So when I know I'm going for longer, I'll use the... um, T-Mobile one, yeah. There's also a couple others that we've put in the show notes, Cricket and Visible. These are budget carriers, Ron, and they're all offering... The reason they're offering these for free is they want you to then become one of their customers should you become a snowbird down Frequent there. Frequent traveler. Yeah, or yeah. if you live yeah. down there, they want to raid from the competition. Of course. So all these things are in the show notes under the, t- under the tab Travel Tech Tips. One, two, three, four, and the one we were talking about earlier about how to stay connected if you don't want to use an e-SIM or SIM, item number six. Sorry, Don, you were going to go somewhere with this. So the question is, um, if I use Aerolo, yes. um, can I use Uber? Absolutely. Like, okay, so you, even if it's just data, you can still use Aerolo? Because that's what Uber is. Uber is data. Yep. The only oh. thing you can't do with the only thing you can't do with Aerolo is you can't make a physical traditional phone call. You would have to make a Skype call, a WhatsApp call, a FaceTime call, a messenger call, you know, a signal call. You can't actually call, you know, the phone number. Okay. Everything else is all fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I could either do like cricket, and have you heard how cricket is? Like either cricket or um, some of these are like every two months. The visible is every two months. Yeah. No, I haven't yet. They're brand new to this, so I'd love you to be the, or anybody else to be the guinea pig. Please, anybody that tries these, please send us a message and let us know, A, how the experience is setting it up, and B, how it works once you get there. 
Okay, so yeah, because when I land into into Vegas, I'll I'll get the Aerolo, and I already have the Uber app. So when I land, I can just activate it and yeah, get a ride. You just have to remember to tell it where your data comes from. Your data would come from the provider that you use for Aerolo. So put the Aerolo app on there. You can even buy the SIM, the the uh, eSIM before you go. It won't activate till you land. Okay, yeah. beautiful, That's awesome. Great. Thanks, Don. In fact, you've got an email there, Ron, that we were looking for earlier uh, about this one from a fellow who went to almost did what what Don's doing. Uh, the fellow that was trying to oh, thanks for the trip to try Verizon free trial. Yeah, Vegas one. Yeah, yeah. Currently in Vegas and simple to set up. The only glitch is I don't know why two people can't message me and I can't message them. Yeah, yeah. they don't have iPhones. Yeah, so that's that switch. You yep. need to throw the switch inside cellular to tell it where the data comes from. Do that, and also change your primary. You can't change your primary phone number because you can't phone on Airlo. There we go. Okay, quick break. Uh, Grant and Christopher, thanks for being patient. You're up next. As we continue on Tech Talk, back to the phone lines as promised. And Grant's been waiting patiently with a question about an iPod. That's not something we hear very often anymore. Grant, hi there. Hello. Good morning. Talk to you loud and clear. I have an iPod 6, and uh, I'd like to retrieve the pictures out of it, but it's black screen with a logo that says connect to iTunes, which I did. Yeah. And I had a tech rep from uh, Texas, from Apple, on there with me, and we couldn't get it going unless we restart the phone, I mean the, the iPod. Yeah. And he said, don't do that because you'll lose the pictures. What I'm wondering is there's somewhere I can go to have somebody get the pictures out for me. Unfortunately, no. Uh, it, the iPod is on, Ron is on the edge of the cliff, and it's teetering towards jumping. Yeah, so you couldn't do a backup when you hooked it up to your computer, could you? Well, I could, um, uh, what do they call it, re Restart yeah. it? No. Oh, reset it? Yeah, reset when, it, when you reset it, that erases everything. Yeah, yeah I and mean, we could no. do that. Yeah. He recommended I don't because he thinks there might have been somebody that could help me get those pictures out of there. Yeah. Wow. Only only if you can connect it to a computer and back it up using iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because then it will back up your photos and your data and so yep. on. But the thing is... But if it's at the point where it wants to be reset, there's nothing you can no, do. There's no, nothing, there's nothing you can do. And if it's a six, then it wouldn't have been on iCloud. So those pictures, unfortunately, are... Gone. Sorry. Yeah, it, it, you're at that. You're at just one step forward from the point where we could have retrieved them, even though the screen is dark. It, it sounds like the the actual operating system has failed, mm-hmm. and therefore it can be reinstalled, but then it has to erase everything on it. There's no way yeah. of recovering that. Well, there is one option if they are truly priceless. Uh, there is a data recovery firm in Vancouver that you could send it to, but we're talking 500 bucks minimum. Yeah, forensic recovery. Forensic recovery. Wow. If they're priceless. Western Digital will do that too for a $50 estimate fee. Yeah. Uh, and if they can do it, it's, it starts at about $800 for these. Yeah, if they're priceless. That's why it's really, really, really important that I'm not... not not trying to be critical, but going forward, make sure that you have cloud storage on whatever device you use from whatever company, so that way if it gets run over by a dump truck or has the problem you have, then it's just a question of replacing the device and all your stuff will be on the new one. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Well, I appreciate that. No, yeah, I wish I... I, just, I... That guy from Texas, and Apple, he told me that, that not to reset it, to 
Because he said, I'll get a brand new iPod if I do that. Yeah. But then the pictures will all be lost. That's so. exactly it. Um, I tell you what, if you want to hold on, I'm going to ask Marissa to get your number, your mobile number, and mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to Charles and Atan from the Victoria Mac and iOS user group, just in case there's a Hail Mary and they know some trick that I don't that's worth trying. It's not going to cost you anything to see if there's any way to connect it to another device and wake it up long enough to get into the DCIM. The pictures are all stored in a file called DCIM. It's on any digital camera device called Digital Camera Image Management. If we can access that folder, we could get your pictures. I don't think we can access that folder because it requires the um, iPod OS operating system, and that's what's gone south. But let's try, okay? So just hold on. Marissa, if you could get uh, Grant's number, please. Thank you. And then we'll text that to the guys, and we'll see if we can help. I just checked, Ron. Apple discontinued the iPod on May 10th of last year after 21 years of production. The company says it will sell it as long as supplies last. It's amazing, a device like that, a technology device that's lasted 21 years. Keep in mind that if you want one... Um, because I know Amber uses one for a dance studio and one's gone missing and she wants to buy another one and she's found a place that's got them. Yes, but they only support it for one year after you buy it because it's still supported, just not manufactured. So one-year warranty and then that's it. No more no more help for that. So yeah. there we go. Okay, um, a couple things here that have come in on the text. Uh, I just looked in the Apple App Store, and there are several chat GPT to choose from. Which is the correct app? Please hold off getting an app. They're currently all third-party wraps, if you will, Ron, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's not from the originator. It's uh, it's someone that's packaged it for you. If you want to do it on an iPhone or an iPad, you go to openai.com. OpenAI, I'm going to make sure that I'm giving that to you correctly. Yes, open a, even better, go to chat.openai.com. Sign in, it's free, and then they have a mobile interface that you can use. In the meantime, you can use the ChatGPT engine by simply going to uh, bing.ca. You will see a bright blue stylized B, small lowercase b. That is the new engine. That's where I just got the answer for the question uh, about... Uh, Apple and the and the iPod. <laughs> it's using the chat GPT. It's using GPT-4. They call it Bing Prometheus. They've put what they call guardrails on. So it's uh, careful about what answers it gives you if you ask anything that's in any, uh, any doubt, anything explicit, stuff like that. Okay, quick break and uh, Christopher and Barb. Welcome back to Tech Talk. Text here. Hi, Alan and crew. Do you have any update on the future of Shaw Direct with the looming Shaw sale to Rogers? Thanks. Happy Saturday. Thank you. No. Uh, That's from Wendy. No, I have texted with uh, Shaw support saying, hey, that Shaw Direct is their satellite service. Rogers doesn't have satellite TV. No. So... Will they inherit that and say, welcome aboard? Or will they say, that's such a tiny portion of the system? No. I've texted Rogers' support to say, hey, understand you're close to buying shot, any plans? And the answer from both is, we don't know. Yeah, I think the silence probably speaks volumes here. If they had a plan, 
you, yes. you would think that they would telegraph it a little bit and let people know. Yes. I, I'd be concerned, although they might, and they might yeah. sell it to someone or, or parse it off. It's possible. Uh, yes. Speaking of the Rogers-Shaw thing, just briefly, it appears the Rogers buyout of Shaw will not be approved until at least sometime next month at the earliest. Item 18 in the show notes. The CRTC has given Rogers until April 11th to reveal the terms of its network sharing deal with Videotron, which will be buying Shaw-owned Freedom Mobile as part of the deal, to give Videotron, based in Quebec, time to build a national network of towers. Rogers has agreed to let Freedom customers use Rogers' network for up to 10 years at a reduced price. And there's the catch, Ron. Reseller Tech Savvy claims that preferential treatment is a violation of the Telecommunications Act and grounds to block the buyout of Shaw by Rogers. Yeah, it's adding an extra level of competition to other competitors. Yeah. So, so the CRTC says it can't determine if there's a violation without knowing the specifics of the currently confidential deal between Rogers and Videotron, so Rogers has until the 11th to reveal the deal. Rogers, Shaw, and Videotron have a self-imposed deadline of next week, the 31st, for the buyout to be completed, so they're expected to agree to a yet another extension. So, there we go on that one. Okay, on that note, back to the phone lines, and Christopher's been waiting patiently. Hi, Christopher. Happy spring. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. How can we help? Uh, well, hopefully you can. I have a Samsung Galaxy S7 phone. And when I use it, for example, to call my service provider, it says for home service, press 1. So you pull up the keyboard, press 1, and nothing happens. I've tried it with several other different things, like you go to save on foods and you park in their thing, and to bring, get the groceries out, it says push 5. So you do that, dial the number, push 5, nothing happens iPhone Shaw, and they said it's Samsung's problem. I talked to Samsung, and they said it's Shaw's problem. Ron? What keyboard are you using? Are you using the default keyboard it comes with, or an add-in one? No, it's the one on the phone. Okay, no, no the reason Ron's asking is you, you can add yep. additional keyboards that work differently, and that can be the problem. When no, you... I haven't done anything. I'm not that, not that okay. heavy to do anything like that. No, I just bring up the... Yep. The thing that brings up the keyboard on the phone and push the number that it says, and nothing happens. Are you on that phone right now when you're calling us? Oh, I'm certainly not because I thought you might <laughs> want me to do something. So, well, I'm what I was going to get you to do, if you want, you can call back during the news from that phone. And what I'm going to get you to do is instead of tapping the one key once you're talking to me or Marissa, I'm going to get you to hold it down for a second. Oh, okay. Um, on some early Samsung phones, I have only a vague memory of this. There was a there was a timing issue, and it was and the on the tone it was generating, Ron was too short for some systems to read it. I vaguely have a memory of that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if have you done an update recently on the phone, Chris? Uh, that I was I was asked about that, and yes, I put you know I updated yeah. it to presumably the latest. Sure, okay. and did you restart after you updated it? Restarted? The uh, yes, I turned the phone off. Okay. And the You've done all the right things. Yep. Um, I think it's something physically in the phone, not a Shaw. Well, it would so it would be a Samsung issue. But before you do that, if you want to call us back from that phone number, and then once uh, once Marissa or I answer. Um, then say, hey, I'm going to press the one key now and hold it down for a full second, and we'll tell you whether we hear the, the beep or not. Okay, appreciate it. And, and if not that, then that physically means the phone needs to be repaired huh. or replaced. It, it could. It, you might be able to fix this by resetting the phone. Yeah. 
you might be able to fix this by changing to a different keyboard instead of the Samsung default keyboard. And then changing back even. Possible. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. if that doesn't work when you call us back, um, then I would go down and see the crew at Black Apple Cellular. Uh, they have various locations here. I don't get paid anything to send people to them. I just like the, the way they help people like this. Tell them we sent you. Go to the one on Broughton Street near Douglas and tell them, and they will check for you. And if it does need to be reset, then they will make sure that your stuff is backed up first, and then they'll reset it for you and see if that solves the problem. If resetting it doesn't solve the problem, then it would be buying. How long have you had the phone? Um, about a year, probably. Really? Did you buy it brand new? Oh, yeah, brand new. Wow. Yeah, that's that phone's at least five years old. That, that uh, seven is, five yeah. or six years. Oh, well, I, I, I bought it, it not that long ago, anyway. Yeah, okay. yeah fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. not be an S7. I thought it was, but it oh, okay. may not be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's the key. Okay, but so, so if you want, we're just coming up on a break here, so if you want to hang up and then call us back from your galaxy and then i'm going to get you to press the key and we will at least solve that part of the mystery and we'll know where the problem originates okay okay appreciate your help Thanks. thank you yeah. very much that Thanks, would be really Chris. frustrating <laughs> yeah it would and i i could see a glitch or an update causing it or yeah. something with the keyboard software it has to be so i think a different keyboard would solve this yeah because like you know you get an appointment with the doctor and the, yep. the automatic system calls says this is the doctor's yeah, you office have to. press How when you, if you're yeah. ready and you're going well, no i've no been waiting to... an hour for the call and yeah. there's no way to turn the tone off it's not that so, yeah, yeah on that one there okay lots more stuff uh coming back particularly while ron is here when we come back in our second hour we're going to go through some really awesome photography things because there are some really amazing things and ron's got his new s 23 Ultra, and wait till you see what the uh, the quality of the Zoom photos, because I know that's an issue for many of you. If you say, I really want those Zoom photos when I'm going traveling, well, this is, this is one more option here for you, and lots more coming up. And also, Google is starting to roll out access to Google Bard, but even though this is round two, it's still not going well, as you will see if you check out item number 16 in the show notes. I dare you to not laugh. Stay tuned. Hour two coming up. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. This is the second half of Tech Talk for our spring break weekend number two. There will be a third one next weekend, March 25th and 26th of 2023. If you're just tuning in, I am joined by... Ron Fraser. And also by... Marissa Meekins. Marissa is our new fill-in producer because Brian is still being daddy, but he will take a break from that to come back and join you with Kyle Wilson next weekend while Suzanne and I are in Hawaii. Glad to have you here. Ron Ron is a retired... Yeah, just looking for yeah. things to do these uh, days. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> We've got some really lot. cool things that you are doing um, with your yes. new uh, Samsung S23 Ultra camera. We'll talk yes. about that in a sec, but first of all, um, for uh, Christopher with his problem. Robert's called in. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the program. You think you might have a solution for Christopher? Well, just one thing, and I've done it myself, is that when I go to try and put digits in, I, I hit the phone icon button. I'm actually starting as like a second call. Ah. So, I think, so I think I'm hitting keys, and I'm actually just trying to initiate a second Trying to initiate. Call. Oh, right. Like it's the dial pad. Not Okay. Good point. Uh, I had Christopher call me back from his phone. Um, Ron, during the 
Newsbreak, and then you spoke to him as well. And I had him hold down the one button and the two button and the three button. Didn't hear a peep. Yeah, no. I, I at this point, he's updated it. He has restarted it. The only thing I could suggest right now is to change the keyboard yep. by bringing up the current keyboard that he's using and any app that brings yep. up the keyboard. Then down in the bottom right hand side, you'll see a tiny little picture of a keyboard. Bottom right of the screen, mm-hmm. click on it. It'll give you a selection of different keyboards. Pick anything else. Probably the Google keyboard is the simplest yeah. one. Yeah. And then try that. See if your dial tones are there yeah. after you try that one. So, Krista, if you want to open up your texting app as though you were going to text us, you're not. But if you're going to text us, and then when you go into the last conversation with the last person you texted, when you tap in there, the keyboard will appear. And then, as Ron says, click on that little tiny keyboard icon in the bottom right corner. And then that'll bring up the other keyboards that are built in. Any yeah. one other one. Yeah, I'm thinking it could be a corrupt file for that keyboard yeah. or yeah. just changing it and changing it back, yeah. as you suggest, may yeah. also work too. And then we'll give you a minute to do that. And then Marissa will talk to you off the air and we'll get you to try and pressing the one, two, or three keys while you're talking with her. And we'll see if that works, Marissa. So we'll check back in a couple minutes. Give you a couple minutes to figure out where that little alternate right. keyboard thing. Yep. So one of the really cool things um, that we found, because Ron loves photography, takes some amazing photos. And one of the first things you found, Ron, if, well, first of all, let's talk about the new phone, the Samsung S23 S23 Ultra. Yeah, it's a monster. It's big. It's got a 6.8 inch screen. Um, it is the brightest smartphone made so far. And five lenses. Yeah, five different lenses. Two of them are for focusing. Three lenses. Yeah. Two use laser focus to give you a good focus for close-ups and in the dark, which is incredible. And when you saw those lenses on the back, you were worried about... Yeah, they're big. Like my past phones all had something, you know, they look like a pinhole camera quite often. These were a pretty good size. And I thought, you know, I could buy protectors for them. Maybe I'll do that this time. Didn't even know this was a thing that you could buy protectors for I am so careful with my phone. I buy the OtterBox Defender case. I put a screen protector on it immediately. I'm so careful. And I thought... Uh, you know what? It just it'll just be the thing. If I don't put the screen the protectors on the camera, I'm probably gonna smash a camera lens. So you bought Spigens and I put this in the show notes with a picture from Ron of twenty one. No don't go ah when you see the picture. Yep. Item twenty one in the show notes. Twenty dollar glass T R E Z fit optic pro, I hate the name, lens protectors. A set of two. Yeah, I, I looked at all of the ones. There's so many on there, of course, like yeah. all the cases and so on. They had the best review. They're a coated piece of glass. Um, they're easy to apply because they come in a template that lets you just press them all five on at one time. Yeah. And I installed it, and I thought, that's great. Now, I, you know, I feel better. I know that it's protected. And? And then, <laughs> I've only had the phone for a few weeks. I just randomly knocked it off the side table where I sit in my living room, and it hit the power bar on a coaxial connector that's sticking up from the power bar. Ooh. And it smashed the screen protector. But not the lenses. Did not touch the lens. Didn't affect the lens at all. At first I thought, wow, that is caved in. It will smash the lens behind it too. A picture of the smashed in cover is is in the show notes uh, there for you. Uh, wow. Um, it, was, it was worth the 20 bucks, and they come with two complete sets of protectors, so you can replace yeah. them if you lost one or broke one. I didn't even know that the that camera, like for smartphone, camera lens protectors, and it was easy to put on because it comes, you mentioned, with an alignment tray. It does, yeah. yeah. They're, they're in there. You just peel off the back and push it on. 
give it a little push and they stick. It even comes with a removal tool if you have to remove it for some reason. I'm a big fan of Spigen. They make really good phone cases and other they things do. as well. They make them for different phones. I looked it up after Ron told me uh, last night. So they do make them for various models, iPhones, Android, etc. So item number... 21 if you have a really expensive phone like Ron's and you're worried about that. Now, what you can do with the phone, a lot of people ask me this question, and they talk to Tofi and others. They say, I, okay, I know my smartphone takes awesome photos. We're going on vacation. Should I still bring my digital camera? Because the one thing it can't do is it can't do zooms. Mm-hmm. So you've provided a brilliant example. If you go down to the bottom of the show notes, just above our homework videos, you will see down there. Well, I looked it up, and this is the first smartphone that provides a 30 times optical zoom. Yeah. Everything else can give you digital, but 10 or 15, I think, was the maximum before now. Yeah. They've gone right to a 30 times optical zoom, and the image stabilization is incredible. Yeah. I'm not particularly steady when I'm holding a smartphone to well, take a photo. and So the photo there is taken at Butchered Gardens. It's one yep. of the statues up against the hedge. Marissa's looking at it as well because she's an artist as well. So that's a very nice statue. And how far away do you think you're standing? Uh, I'm there probably 20 feet away. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What do you think, Marissa? Eight meters, maybe seven, eight meters. That looks incredible. I, I mean, I, I had seen the photo earlier when uh, before the show, and I didn't realize that that was a zoomed in. Like that's that's yeah. incredible. That's yeah. Ron standing at the same position, and what it is, it's a very wide shot, so you can see the blue sky and the hedge and the statue on the pedestal way off there, and then on the right is the same photo, just showing the head and neck of the statue. It's amazing, and that is at seven mega, megapixel resolution, which is the default. Yeah, you can force it to shoot at 50 or 200 megapixels. Because then when you're effectively cropping, which is what you're doing by zooming, then you're still getting an insanely high quality image. You have a lot of detail. It's recording exact detail rather than interpolating and making Thanks for shooting that for us. That's really, that's that's pictures worth a thousand words. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when people say, well, should I get a two-year-old phone or a brand new one? They're so expensive, the new ones. And I say, okay, but if you're going to be going on one of those once-in-a-lifetime trips, you don't want to pack the digital camera. The quantum leap between the iPhone 14 and the 13, just like the difference between the 23 and the 22, not so much, but still huge. Well, and there's there's one that we'll show the listeners uh, on another show. We'll put them in the notes. It has a night shot capability that is mind-boggling. Yeah. It can shoot in complete darkness and record images yeah. you cannot see. Ron took a couple pictures in the driveway, and I showed them to my brother-in-law, and he went, eh, because they look like the lights are all on. And he they goes, do. And I said, no, no, no Ron lights. insists this was no lights, total darkness. Nope. And he goes, that's not possible. No, and I said, okay. So that's what, what I gonna, thought. Yeah. So what we're going to do is do a side-by-side comparison with an older phone and a newer phone. Yep. Now, the other one that Ron has done here for you uh, that I think you'll like, uh, item number 14 in the show notes, if you have fuzzy photos that wish you can make clearer, especially if you're using a smartphone, Ron suggests you try the AI-powered Remini, R-E-M-I-N-I, image sharpening and colorizing app. A web version is also available if you want to do it on your computer. Yep. And what we've, you, you need to tell us the story behind this picture of you at age 17. Well, this is a copy of an old Polaroid photo taken of me at 17 years old. A Polaroid? It was. Oh, I didn't know it was a Polaroid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then it was a copy made. I've, I don't even know how I made the copy at this point, but <laughs> probably took a picture of it. 
and it was me after I won a tennis uh, game against my phys ed teacher, and he poured a bucket of water over my head. <laughs> anyway, what they call the a pyrrhic pic- victory. Yeah, so the on the left is, is the fuzzy. original, yeah. which is fuzzy, and there's a big scratch through Ron's head. Yep. And so, the, yep. Go ahead. No, and then the middle one is the Remini touched-up version. In Which the middle. adds some sharpness to it, a little bit of depth. And fixes your head. Yep. <laughs> and then the next one is using another program. Um, and that one gives you a few different options. It's called Pixel Up. Yep. And that, that will give you color. That will fix scratches. That will uh, give you color from black and white. It will... Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's using it AI. Again, too. you're going to be yep. hearing that phrase a lot, artificial intelligence. There's that, there's that bullet train that's heading towards us, and this is working in your favor. You can test um, Remini as a free trial, and if you like it, it's $6.49 a month. And I put the link. Rem- Re- oh, I misspelled, the, I misspelled the link there. Sort of spelled Remini. Yeah, it's Remini. I yep. will fix that while we're talking. I, and the other I, thing with it that Remini. really impressed me, and, and what I have used it for is hopefully, if you're like me, you've saved those photos in your past that were great, but just not quite sharp. Yeah. But they're great photos. You can go back and fix that now. Yeah. And it's it's incredible to see and what that And you can does. do it on your smartphone or tablet. You yes. don't have to use desktop computer. Yeah. Hey, Ron, I have a question for you about yes. the photo. Um, so the picture where it's kind of colorized there, do you remember, did it make the colors similar to what your shirt actually was in real life? No. No, okay. no, and it really tries to do skin tones, and it seems like there's no rhyme or reason. I've done another photo that was uh, uh, someone I know who's Japanese, and it's their yep. family Christmas, right? 1968. It colorized everything. Sometimes it just colorizes the skin yeah. tones. Sometimes it colorizes the rest of the photo. Yeah. You have no control over it, but that's to come, I, I suppose. Yes, so Adobe has already got this built into their new version of Photoshop where you can have it do colorizing and then you use what's called an eyedropper and it brings up a color palette, which would be more to your uh, knowledge and, and useful, Marissa. And then if you know that the shirt was was blue, you click on the shade of blue that you think the shirt was, and it will do the shirt. And so you, uh, you draw a circle around the object, and then you can do that. If it was a gradient, it will try and do a gradient, things like that. Or you can tell it, in the shirt, only click on these squares, they were green. Now only click on those squares, they were red. And so you'll be able to do that as well. That is great. I have lots of photos of my family from the 80s that uh, definitely could use some yeah. clarity. <laughs> I really love finding apps. We've been using one called Deoldify from My Heritage, but this is one step beyond that as well. Speaking of Adobe, by the way, item number 11 in the show notes, they've released a free beta test of their new artificial intelligence image creation engine. It's called Firefly. It has a very easy-to-use interface, unlike some of the others, and it lets you combine real images with AI-generated ones. So if you want to sit there and take the object, like maybe you've made a sculpture, but you would like to have that sculpture uh, on a beach in Hawaii or in the forest, then you can combine the two together. But you tell it with words what you want the AI part to be. Wow. So you could take, if you, I, I know a lady that made a carving for her grandson, she could now take that and she could put that uh, into the space shuttle. Space shuttle, that was dated reference. International Space Station, don't have space shuttles anymore. <laughs> By using the AI to generate that and there it would be up there. So yeah, you have to, it's free. And it also gives you, as Ron was saying earlier, control over sizes, resolutions, and formats. 
the one thing that the free Bing image creator doesn't do yet, it doesn't do sizes, resolutions, or formats. It's a square 1024 by 1024 JPEG. Check it out, and if you want, get put on the wait list at firefly.adobe.com. Again, that link is item number 11 in the show notes. People have been waiting patiently on the phone. Did we get an answer, Marissa? Oh, is Christopher able to get any tones coming out of his phone? Uh, no, no no tones. Um, and he said that no other keyboard shows up. He's still on hold there. Okay. So, sorry, Christopher. So, the only thing we can do is get you to head down to Black Apple, get them to make sure everything's backed up, get them to do a reset of the phone, and then we'll see if it works after reset. If not, it's phone shopping time. Sorry. Quick break. More after this. 21 after the hour, and right back to the phone lines. Thank you, everyone, for being patient while we work through those other calls and tried to help people out. Paul, thank you for waiting. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Hello. Got you loud and clear. Okay. So, I'm, I want to talk to you about syncing my email. I've got a number of devices, an iPhone SE. Yes. An iPad running uh, 16.3.1. Yes. Uh, an older MacBook Pro. Ah, you sent you sent a message in about this. Yeah, I think yeah we were doing some we were doing some some homework for you here. The thing that I spotted here is that your email address is not a is not a mainstream carrier. Um, you're using an address at noviscom.net. Correct. And that's okay, uh, but we need to make sure that, Ron, that the server settings on all the devices are set for for IMAP. Yes. Then it'll let you get the same emails on every device. Yep. So did you add your email addresses or address yourself to your devices, or did somebody help you set it up? Mm. I think I did. That's good. That's fine. That's, that's cool. Do you have one of those devices handy there? I've got all four of them in front of me. Okay, so for everybody else, if you want to follow along on the bouncing ball here, if you want to go to um, which one is working properly or working the best for you? Uh, The the MacBook Pro, actually. Okay, of the mobile devices, which one is working? Or that's the problem. Okay, so let's do that. So on your iPhone or your iPad, go into Settings and then all the way down to Mail. Okay. Settings, mail. Anyone else want to follow along? What we're doing here, uh, Ron, is we're trying to find out how... That one is set up. How it's set up. Yeah. So... Settings, settings mail. Okay. Mac... Okay, hold no, on. on your iPhone or your iPad. Okay, gotcha. Okay, settings... Mail. Da- mail is down about 15 from the top. There are two ways to access email. There is pop post office protocol, which is ancient, and that's the problem, and IMAP, Internet Mail Access Protocol, which is what we've been, hopefully, everybody using for, I don't know, 2007, maybe 2010. And once you're into mail, you want to go to accounts, Paul. I'm there. Okay, and now, what do you see for accounts listed there? I see uh, Noviscom. Yep. And that's it? And then add account. Yeah. Okay, tap on Noviscom, please. Yes. Yeah, so now yeah. tap on under the account at the top. It should have the email address there. 
Yes. Tap on that email address, and it'll bring up the server settings. Okay, I see them. What does it say for you? Obviously, the email is your email address is at the top. Then what's below that? Um, host name, um, mail.novascom.net. Yeah. User, my yeah, user. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't say that. Yep. Password then, should be dots. Yep. And then uh, there's nothing else chosen. Um, Do you I see advanced see, uh, settings? Yes. Okay, tap on that. Yes. I'm there. Okay, and do you see um, on that one? Sorry, let's make sure I go to the same place for you. Uh, I'm going to turn to do it in my head. Use SSL is on? Yes. Okay. Okay, so, that's, so that should be working, but you're not getting the same emails on your phone as you are on your Mac? What happens with the iPad is as soon as I open the MacBook, Pro, any email in the in the mail application disappears. From which device? From the iPad. Yes. Okay. So these settings are correct on your on his iPhone, Ron. I'm guessing that they're set correctly on the iPad as well, but on the Mac. Not on the MacBook Pro. He's got the other settings. They're on pop. Yes, and so on Pop, once you read the email there, it is no longer available to the other devices. Because it pulls it off the server and puts it only onto the MacBook Pro. Yes, rather than leaving it there to access by the other devices. Yes, so leave the account the way it is on the MacBook Pro, but try adding the exact same account again, but then use the IMAP settings. If it gives you a drop-down choice between IMAP and Pop, you want to do IMAP. If that works successfully... Send an email to yourself. Make sure it's on all three devices. And then if that does work, drag everything that's in the Noviscom Pop account, which you currently have on your MacBook, drag the inbox contents to the inbox contents on the IMAP until there's nothing left in the Noviscom Pop account, the one that's currently there now. So they're on the same account through the new doorway. Then you can remove the way you've got it set up currently, and you should be set going forward. If you're not comfortable doing that, I understand. That's kind of geeky. Um, if you want, by all means, send me a text. I'll take. I'll get. Uh, I'll get your number off the air in just a second. We take a news break. I'll be in Hawaii, but I'll be glad to get uh, David Jones or um, or Charles Martin or Atan Rubini to help you with that one. So this is a fairly easy fix. But for anybody else, if you're still running POP on your computer, it's possible to do it on mobile devices, but hard. Almost exclusively it defaults to IMAP, Ron. But on a computer, if you've got it on POP, you want to make sure that we get it added as an IMAP account. Yes. Because then if the computer dies, you lose all those messages. So we want to make sure that everything is all there. Okay. Uh, let's see, another quick one here. From Barb by text. Good morning, Alan and guests. That would be you and Marissa. Is there a way to check my iPad and iPhone for viruses? Happy to report that's one of the things that uh, Android lovers hate about iPhones and iPads. They are locked down. Everything you get, Ron, has to come through the Apple App Store. Yes, and with a few exceptions, they're generally well-vetted and it's not a problem. Yeah, so you don't need to put any software on. In fact, Malwarebytes is kind of wasted on an iPhone or an iPad because 
can't do much because it's already done for you by Apple. So I wouldn't even bother putting Even through a web browser? Yeah. If you're browsing the web, is it uh, still lock yeah, it down yeah, for you now? Yeah, the Safari browser is okay. sophisticated yep. enough there. So there we go. Okay, quick break and back with more. Uh, Mary and Mary Allen and Patricia, stay there. Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we roll on for spring break weekend number two, just before we get back to the phone calls, because there's some really amazing things here. Have you ever wondered how they design and test elevators for skyscrapers <laughs> so you can be sure they won't plunge to the ground if the cables break? It's a really big fear. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, in video number 43, Fred Mills and the B1M crew take us to a small town in Finland where the answers are in a deep mine shaft. That is terrifying. I'm in freezing Finland to check out this little building here. Now, I know what you're thinking, and don't worry, we haven't run out of great projects to talk about and started really scraping the barrel. In there is the only place on Earth that does free-fall drop tests on skyscraper elevators. Inside, there's a shaft deep enough to comfortably swallow New York's Chrysler Building or London's Shard. It's where the machines that make our world's tallest and most iconic buildings viable get put through their paces. And I'm going down it. This is a really cool video. You have to watch this. <laughs> it's from Konne. The elevator people, because how else can you get a shaft that's deep enough to test whether or not the automatic braking systems and all the sensors? I think you'll feel a lot more comfortable once you realize what's built into modern-day elevators, the, the double and the triple checks. Ron yeah, and don't, wa don't watch the movie Speed <laughs> <laughs> if you're scared of elevators. Another one there, video number 46 is Be Our Guest from Disney's Beauty and the Beast, as you've likely never heard it before. Be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Cherie, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvres, why we only live to serve. Try the great stuff. It's That's an energetic quartet called First Take, performing live earlier this month in Daytona Beach during the Barbershop Harmony Society's 2023 Midwinter Convention. Thank you, Martin, for sending me that one there, those and much others. Oh, and one last one here that we'll do, sorry, but this is we've been struggling to find ways to explain the quantum leap forward which artificial intelligence engines have brought us in the past few weeks. Video number 40 is by the OpenAI team in San Francisco, the people behind the new GPT-4 engine that's powering Bing, and does a great job showcasing some of its potential. GPT-4 can teach a huge range of subjects. Imagine giving a fifth grader a personal math tutor with unlimited time and patience. It's a great tool to bring learning to everyone in a way that is personalized to their skill level. GPT-4 brings the dream of having the most useful, helpful assistant to life. It's really about adding as much value to everyday life as possible. 
The partnership that OpenAI has with Microsoft is to shape this technology into something that's going to be useful for the world. There you go. And that ties in. The reason I played that particular clip, because a lady named Anne contacted me this week, and she's going to be taking care of her uh, 13-year-old grandson while his mom goes for some cancer treatment in Vancouver, and he's struggling with his math. And she goes, I don't remember my math that well, the level that he's on. And she said, could I use this thing? And I thought, oh, yeah. Yeah. I had not thought of that, Marissa. We've been talking about all the things we can do with art and poems and videos and pictures and recipes. But, yeah. And she doesn't have to pay a dime. The That will be the tutor. That would have been very helpful for me as a child. Yeah, so for anybody else that wants to learn something, you just heard them say, this is what the new GPT-4, which is only three weeks old compared to GPT, the quantum leap forward that it's provided over the quantum leap that was already there. Well, and it's going to be very important going forward to learn how to ask the right questions, too, so you get the yes. right answers. Because the, you can, you, if you can imagine how big this world is, asking the right question to direct you to this huge pool of information yes. is going to be super important. And on that note, Google is starting to roll out access to Google Bard, its own AI chatbot competitor that aims to use machine smarts to provide intelligent responses to queries. They are not part of OpenAI. Microsoft has invested $10 billion in OpenAI. That gives them a 49% stake. They do not want to be in charge. And they get their money back by getting 70% of any revenues OpenAI makes by licensing it until their investment's paid off. <laughs> I thought that's really good. So, <laughs> starting on Tuesday, people in the USA and the UK can get on a testing wait list for Google Bard. Canada and other counties will be, uh, countries that should say, T-R-I-E-S, will be added later. But <laughs> it's got some problems. I had to laugh this morning. Um, somebody was testing it under experimental mode and said, if one plus one equals two, then what is one plus two? And Bard replied, if one plus one equals two, then one plus two equals four. This is because one plus one equals two is a false statement. In mathematics, one plus one equals two is not a valid equation. It is not possible to add one and one and get two. To which the <laughs> to which the person said, that's wrong. To which Bard said, I apologize for the mistake. One plus one equals two is a false statement, and one plus two equals four is the correct answer. Google says, sorry, it's a work in progress. It also says, by the way, if you ask Google Bard, where do you get your info from? Like, where did this math error come from? Google Bard says its sources include reading your Gmail. <laughs> Google insists that's a mistake. It doesn't read your email and says that's why you can't trust what brand new AI engines tell you. Way to go, Google. So, <laughs> it's a work in progress. All of them are going to make mistakes. Google's just been stumbling repeatedly here. Okay, quick break. And I promise Patricia and Mary, I'll go right to your calls right after this break. Right back to the phone lines on Tech Talk. And Mary Allen, hi there. Thank you for being so patient. You're welcome. Hi there. How can we help? Um, I changed servers from Shaw to Stellar, and I now cannot connect my printer. What type of printer do you have, Mary Ellen? Uh, an HP. Yeah. 
So what you need to do is when you changed companies, they gave you a new internet box, and it has a new Wi-Fi name and password. Okay. And you have to, without throwing the printer across the room because it's frustrating, you have to figure out how to how to connect the printer, Ron, to, to the new Wi-Fi. Yes. So the easiest way is if it has something called a WPS button yeah. that'll connect with a button press. The other thing is you go to the printer to the minuscule screen and you enter the password that you use to get on your Wi-Fi network. There's a caution here. It cannot be a 5 gigahertz network for a printer. Yeah. So you would have to go into the settings on the screen of your printer, Mary Ellen, and find the network settings or the Wi-Fi settings and then try the WPS first. If it says WPS, you tell it OK. It says press the WPS button on the internet box. It's normally two arrows in a circle. It's a singular button. You press and hold that for one second. I, I normally hold it for three seconds. Yep. The box starts broadcasting the Wi-Fi password. The printer goes, I want a Wi-Fi password. Hello, and we're connected. Yep. If that doesn't work, then you would use the Wi-Fi setup wizard. It would ask for the name of your Wi-Fi, which will be on the box, and then trying to type the password is ridiculous because you have to use little up-down keys and do that. Um, if, you, if you want, Marissa, if you want to uh, get Mary... Alan's number, um, and what I'll do is I'll be on the way to Hawaii, but I will text you the contact info for David Jones in Sydney. David will be covering for me on the tutoring side while I'm away, and I'll get him to, to call you uh, because often people say, if you don't fix this, it's going out the window because that's a really tricky one, Ron, to try and do that. It can be. Yes, it can. Yeah, we'll yeah. do that one. So hang on. We'll make that work, but that's what it is. Whenever you change the Wi-Fi box, even if you stay with Shaw and you get an updated Wi-Fi box from them, new name and password, and you've got to connect it there. Okay, Patricia, your turn. Hi there. Thanks for waiting. Hi, Alan. Um, I recently purchased a new uh, iPad, um, and I have a Bluetooth, a Sony Bluetooth speaker, and I can't figure out how to sync the two of them. Sure. So that's an easy one. Yeah, as a rule, uh, when you turn on the Sony Bluetooth speaker, there could be a button that says Bluetooth connection or just the power button. It'll, be, it'll blink blue at you. It's like a little stylized blue uh, letter B. And so when you turn it on, see if you get a blinking blue light. I've got a blinking light. Okay, so on your iPad, go to Settings. And then go to Bluetooth. Bluetooth will be the third one down when you go to settings. Okay, Bluetooth. And now you see if you see your Sony speaker listed down there at the bottom. No, it's LG WebOS TV. Yeah, oh, that's your TV. Nothing else is listed there? Oh. Okay. Then you may need to hold down the power button longer on the Sony speaker until it flashes faster or it'll flash red and blue. Yes. So find the Bluetooth button on the speaker. It's now normally it's a stylized B, and you're going to... Now it's flashing? It stopped flashing. I'm still holding it down. Okay, so let go. And now press and hold it for three seconds. Or longer. Yeah. And it should flash faster. Does that, does that flash? Yes. Okay, now look on your iPad, and do you see your Sony? No. Ah. <laughs> uh, and your Bluetooth switch is, yeah, it's on because it showed your LG TV. You're very close to this. It's, a, it's the combination of either the Bluetooth button itself 
or the power button for three or four seconds and it should flash differently and then it'll just pop up and you tap it and you're connected. It does have a separate button for Bluetooth, does it? No, it's just... Or just the power? Just the power button. If it just has the power, turn it right off. Okay. And now when you turn it on, hold it down for 10 seconds. We're just being overly... <laughs> just keep holding it, it yeah. keep holding it, and then you might see a different pattern of blinking. Did that work? No. Okay, so there yeah. may be another button. Sony speakers often have the Bluetooth button hidden somewhere else. It could be. So look around for a different button that normally has a stylized blue bee um, looking like a, almost like a bumblebee with wings with two little antennas coming out of the left oh. side of it. Did you find it? I don't see anything like that on it. Oh, shoot. And if not, then if you don't have the manual for the speaker, you can Google that model speaker for Bluetooth connection. Yeah. And it should give you a it'll short tell instruction. You the it'll tell you the button to press. Yeah. There was something just came up and then it disappeared off of my iPad. LG something. It that said. was your TV. Yeah. 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 That's okay. No, we want Sony. It's going to be, it'll be Sony. You're very, very close. See if you can look up the owner's manual or the little quick start guide if you don't have it. And that should work. Okay, I'll right. do that. Okay. Good luck. It's not you. It's not you being dumb. Don't ever get... It's too bad they're not universal. They're not all exactly <laughs> the same. There yeah. we go. Okay. I got to go. I know the show's not over. <laughs> I got to go. My wife and brother-in-law waiting outside. We're going to make a speed limit. We're not going to speed out to the ferry terminal and off to Hawaii. You'll, you and Marissa. Marissa, thanks for your help. Good to have you yeah, here. Yeah, have a great and uh, safe and fantastic time. And yeah. you've earned the I'm time. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I look forward to seeing some of your velvet paintings next time. Great, yeah, thank <laughs> right. you so much. All right, quick break, and then Ron and Marissa will finish off the show. Aloha. We'll be back in a moment. Okay, we're back here on the final few minutes of Tech Talk on CFAX 1070. Alan's on his way to Hawaii. It's me, Ron Fraser, taking over for the last few minutes, and we'll try to get through some of the questions and calls that we have waiting in that time. My apologies if we don't get through them all. We've just got a few minutes left, but we'll see what we can do. So we have Steen on line three with a question about iPads. Hi, Steen. Yeah, hi. Good, uh, good afternoon. Fairly simple question. We have uh, an iPad Pro that's about, about four years old now, and we're just thinking about upgrading to uh, the new iPad Pro, the 11-inch, sure. or the uh, the, t- the 10th generation's uh, slight, slightly smaller one. Uh, my, my wife is the main user of the iPad, and it's basically just for for web surfing, emails and things. There's nothing, nothing terribly fancy. And I'm just wondering whether it's it's worth the price of going to the Pro or getting the the the, uh, the, the lesser priced uh, they call it 10th well, generation. Well, for for basic use, you're probably fine with the the less expensive one that you've chosen rather than the Pro. There's some things the Pro does that you may not want to do now, but maybe do later. Sometimes there's a little more uh, life expectancy in terms of updates. With, okay. with the Pro, like the newer the, the devices, the longer you'll be able to update and use it. So you have to weigh that with the price difference on them. If it's, you know, if it's $100, that might be a consideration. If it's more than that, you might want to think about it if you really think you're just going to keep it for the basic uses. Okay, and uh, much difference in the cameras, the two, between the iPad Pro and the iPad 10th generation? Um, you know what? I don't know that. I don't use an iPad Pro. I have played with them a lot, but I haven't played with one for a couple of years, so I don't know if there's a difference in the two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can no, do a side-by-side side comparison on Apple's website, and it'll tell you Great. exactly what the two of them have. So. Okay, we'll do that. All Great. right. Super. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Okay, like I say, the last few minutes here, we've got a couple questions that were uh, texted into us. I'll have a look at these and see if we can help with that. Uh, let's see, Alan, do you know if texting iPad from Canada to iPhone in UK is free? Tried the internet to find out, but got different answers. Thanks, John. Yeah, it is. As long as it's iPhone to iPhone, no problem. Uh, there's no charge for that. You can text anywhere when there's another iPhone that you're connected to. Uh, the other one is from someone that has, uh, Trent, who has a TCL phone. A TCL 7760 phone, it says he has two problems there. Uh, first one is every so often the brightness will fade for no reason at all. And number two is he has no QR code reader on the phone. Uh, oh, okay, he won't always hear the answers today. I'll try and text him back. Anyway, uh, the brightness fading should not happen for any reason, because for no reason, there is actually a device on there that reads the room light and will vary the brightness for you depending on what light it sees. I would make sure that you've restarted the phone in case there is an update waiting there to fix and it causes that problem. But other than that, it could be a defective sensor. That's a possibility. You can turn off the automatic light setting on the phone and tell it that you want it to stay at a certain brightness all the time. But I don't recommend that because sometimes you get into a really bright situation and it's very hard to see the screen. That can happen. Um, the other issue with not having a QR code reader, all uh, Samsung phones with a relatively recent uh, update in the operating system, you can just take a picture of a QR code and it automatically is a code reader built into the camera. So anything running the Android system should give you the code reader just by taking a photograph of the code. That's something a lot of them do now with no problems. Okay, and also, uh, we've got a couple of scams that I want to talk about before we finish the show today. Watch out for scam phone calls that appear to be coming from Air Canada, from a number in Kamloops telling you you've been selected to get a $999 travel voucher. If you press the one key to hear more info, you'll be connected to someone at a call center in India, where they'll offer to email you the voucher for a 5% processing fee. If you give them your name, address, birth date, email, and credit card info, which they'll almost instantly use to try to rack up charges on your card. Never answer calls from numbers you don't recognize. This is admittedly not realistic advice if you're, expected, if you're expecting a telehealth call from a doctor or a government agency with a number you don't know. If you do get a call from a recording about a prize, a suspicious credit charge, a delivery problem, or anything similar, just hang up and don't pursue it. If you press any key to interact with the call, they'll capture your number, and you'll get a lot more scam calls in the following days and weeks. So just ignore them. Uh, if you use Gmail, Google has issued a red alert about a wave of scam emails designed to trick you into giving hackers access to your account. Google says the emails, which include the words Gmail update in the subject line, say that you need to update your Gmail account info or your account will be suspended. The email includes a link that appears uh, to be accounts at google.com, but in reality, it takes you to a fake Google login site where the scammers are hoping you'll give them your Gmail address and password. Never click on links and emails like this. So we talk about this all the time. Anything that comes to you unsolicited, 
you really mostly need to ignore it. If a company wants to talk to you, you'll usually get something along with your bill or, or by a communication method you set up with that company, pre company previously. You'll never get unsolicited texts or emails. It doesn't happen. Phone calls particularly are bad. You will never get those from legitimate companies. Uh, we have got another text here from someone that says, Good morning, I have an iPhone 13. What are your thoughts on Skype? Are they reputable enough to enter my credit card? I'm going to Portugal and I want to be able to phone to landlines back in Canada as well as occasionally calling from Canada to overseas. Thanks for your help. Enjoy your show. From Anne. Yes, Skype is absolutely reliable. If you want to give them your credit card so you can uh, get your own phone number and have a calling number when you travel, you can do that. If you have Office 365, they include 100 free minutes with Skype. So there's that as well if you're using Office 365. Well, I think we're running to the end of the show, Marissa. We're up against it here. Yeah. So thank you for your help. It was nice to work with you today. Hopefully we get a chance again. Yeah, thanks for having me. And next week we're going to have Kyle here and Marissa running the show while Alan's in Hawaii and he'll be back in two weeks. But thank you all for listening to Tech Talk. And we'll see you again next time. And so it goes. <laughs>